This is the Gary V Audio Experience. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. Happy to do it. Baddest entrepreneur on the planet on The Shawnee Show. This is exciting. Thank you. Um, all right. So we have 30 minutes. So I'm just going to dive right in. Let's Yesterday right. Um, on my podcast, I had Mikey Adu come on and he was telling me the story of when he uh, brought you what he wrote, kind of like in Habit Nest um, practice, if you will, but all related to your content. And I'm wondering what that experience was like for you, having somebody come and bring you something so out of zero self-interest based on your content. It's it's humbling. You know, like you kind of navigate through life and you kind of are always trying to think about the things that make you tick, what kind of legacy are you going to leave on this planet, your family, you know, for me, it's very easy to think about selfish things and selfless things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so much of my content is grounded in higher purpose mentality, meaning I'm in such a good place emotionally and have been pretty much the majority of my life that um, it makes you kind of want to pass on some of that energy. I'm so grateful for kind of the mother I had and the challenging immigrant circumstances. And, um, and so when things like that happen, you just, you're flattered, you know, you kind of, you, you are, you understand why they happen because like, I always believe that like doing the right thing is the right thing. Like do good things, good things happen. It's not complicated. I, it's very clear to me. Um, and so um, it's just nice. Yeah. I've heard you speaking about that karma aspect before. Um, so going back to childhood and having that immigrant upbringing, what do you feel like needs to happen for somebody who maybe is more fortunate financially, but less fortunate in terms of being able to develop those kind of skills. Like what do rich kids essentially need to do or add to their life to be able to get that drive that, uh, I guess the benefits that you had out of that upbringing, how can they implement that? And maybe even for parents too. Well, first they don't like every, you know, I think, I think what we all have to strive for is happiness. Mm. And, you know, a kid that doesn't have as much and has a happy home has a huge advantage because they realize that money doesn't bring you happiness because you're like, wait, I was happy when I was three and five and seven and we didn't have shit. And so, like, you've got this big advantage. And obviously, you also, not always, I mean, there's plenty of not ambitious uh, immigrants and, right. <laughs> or, people that, or people that have started with less. But, you know, um, the world is filled with people that didn't start with much and didn't have desire to have much more and people that have started with a ton and wanted more. And then more importantly, until society does a better job of rebranding success and takes it away from stuff and money and puts it into content and peace of mind and happiness and right, mm. then, then all of it's kind of challenging. I think the thing that I have a lot of empathy for for children that start off with a lot is if they are ambitious and they want to accomplish things in a competitive, let's say entrepreneurial world, there's almost no scenario where they'll ever be able to escape the concept that mommy or daddy put them on third base. And I have a lot of acquaintances, friends, business associates that I've met through the last 25 years that I have a lot of compassion for because they're incredibly capable and wonderful people. And that, that becomes the scarlet letter for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's really a big challenge, but yeah. I think, but I, you know, the thing I tell them in, in intimate one-on-one -on -one conversations, the them in that scenario 
no different than the person that associates more with my story and is like, I'm more like, you know, it's really one big game of the same game, which is you've got to figure yourself out from a self-awareness standpoint and try to make yourself happy. The concept of trying to impress others or, or validate your life through outside affirmation is so challenging mm. because, because unfortunately, especially now in a social media world where everybody's voice has an at-bat and has a platform, you're, you're gonna come across people who are genuinely deeply unhappy within their own environment and their coping mechanism is to make others not feel great as well. So everyone's gonna get affected by drive-by commenting uh, of people who are struggling out there. And, and you know, for me, what I try to talk about is for the people that are on the other side of those drive-bys, can you get to a mental place where you're accepting that with compassion for that person instead of equal anger in return? Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to get a lot of hate on my old podcast and I would always say like, have a great day to just negative comments. Cause you know, or hope you feel better, whatever it is, because the truth is it is coming from such a, a sad place within them and it has nothing to do with you. Um, but okay. So bringing it back in line with, I know you mentioned your mom. I, I love the story of the knitted jets Jersey. I think that's just freaking fantastic. And I looked on the Gary V search engine and I couldn't find, have you met Pat Leahy yet? Oh, I love, oh, I love you for that. I've never <laughs> met, I've never met Pat Leahy. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I don't want to say this. Give me one second. Cause there's Let's like see. four, four results on the Gary Vee yeah. search, which is crazy. Yeah. Pat, Pat Leahy is still alive. He's 71 years he old. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. So I've never met Pat Leahy. I remember him very, very vividly. He was the court, uh, kicker for the Jets for the predominant years of my childhood. He wore number five. Mm -hmm. I wanted the number five more because I think I picked the number five as my favorite number when I was five. <laughs> I did the same thing when I was nine. It's hilarious. Is that true? Yes, yes. That's and awesome. my We're so connected. My, my sister did the same thing when she was eight. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I don't, I would say I'm 90% sure that's what happened. I don't fully remember, but that's why she needed number five much more than Pat Leahy. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I love that because you've met so many people. And so I, I was trying to find pictures, Google images. I'm like, there's That's no so way this is not around. That's so, good. so bringing it to the search engine, which is one of my favorite things I've ever seen a content creator produce. I think it's awesome. It's just a really great asset to be able to give your audience. Cause you, I mean, you're putting out what, like hundreds of pieces of content a day. So to have that search engine is so, also as a podcaster, thank you so much. That was amazing. That was, that was <laughs> a, a lot of time. Mwah, oh my God. Absolutely fantastic. But have you, have you created a search engine for other content creators? Cause I feel like it's so practical. The search engine, I almost started a side business um, where I was gonna offer that to other pro uh, content providers because it was so clever. And the person that I made it with was hungry to start a business. And I was like, let's do it. We just both got kind of sidetracked, so it never happened, but it's mm. definitely been on my mind. It's, I mean, it's a great product. I think you would I, you kill it as, as per all your other companies. I think you would just smash that one. And it's so Thank practical you. now for everybody. Um, okay. So in line with content, I know you used to run Gary name ads on Twitter, which I think is one of the funniest oh things God. I've ever heard in my life. Literally cracked me up. Do you still run those? No, they, I don't think you can do them anymore, but you used to be able to target by name. And there was this article that the name Gary was about to go extinct. 
that so <laughs> few people were naming their kids Gary. So it was like this article out of the UK, I think, if I recall properly. So I'm like, you know what? Just for fun, just to show people how the ad product could work. I was like, let me make this ad and be like, hey, fellow Gary, we've got to stand up and rise. And it really was a fun little moment. Thank you for knowing that. That was a subtle little thing I did that I really got a kick out of. Oh my God, that's hilarious. That was hilarious. I, I, I thought you were about to like create some sort of Gary army, you know, just like <laughs> a bunch of different Discord group chats of all the Garys in the world. Uh, there are just not that many of us at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so another thing that I've heard about you is that you consider yourself a sort of blend of Macho Man, aka Randy Savage, and Eddie Murphy. And I'd love to know from your end, what about both of those two people do you feel it combines to make the Gary V? So the context of that was somebody was asking me like what my speaking style was on stage. Why it was actually from the angle of, you know, one-on-one or how I operate my business is incredibly different than I even am on this podcast, which is different than I'll be on stage. And obviously on stage, there was a, there's just such a hyped up version of myself. And I, I really didn't know. And people would always ask me, especially people that really knew me actually would ask a lot early on in my career being like, man, you're really, you get way up there on your energy on stage versus day to day. I obviously have a lot of energy day to day, but not to the same. And yeah. I, I gave it some thought. And I was like, you know, I, I really think this has to do with the fact that I loved stand up comedy as a kid, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. Um, and I also loved the way that wrestlers would do promos for like, WrestleMania, you know, they would be so hyped. You have, you know, 30 seconds this Thursday night, I'm going to body slay, you know? And and I really kind of, after a couple of years, I'm like, wait a minute, it kind of hit me. I'm like, that's what's going on there. I am like no other, like every other human, I'm affected by the things that I'm consuming as a child and, and my adolescence. And I think it's showing up here in this format. I love that. I love that. Did you watch WrestleMania this last uh weekend? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't I am going to I have I I pay for the WWE network, so I'll watch it when I get a chance. I couldn't do it, but I do watch every WrestleMania. It's fantastic. It's actually a perfect segue into the next question, which is about Logan Paul. Um, cuz he was in WrestleMania. Apparently he killed it. I didn't watch it either, but my MMA Twitter was just going off about how great <laughs> he was. And uh, you discovered Logan. And I'd love to know a little bit about that competition that you ran with Jerome Jar, uh, how that sort of came about, and also what you saw in Logan that gave you that sort of snap. You know, he was going to be something where he had he had it in him. We ran a, a campaign for Virgin Mobile at VaynerMedia. And the concept was find the next Vine star because we wanted relevance with youth. And we convinced um, Ron Ferris, who's a great executive there, that Vine was coming up next. Jerome Jar was somebody who I connected with very, very early on. He was a fan of my book. He actually learned how to speak English reading Crush It when he was wow. in China. He was grew up in France, went to China. When I first met him, he told me the story of how I met him at a conference where he beat me in rock, paper, scissors to <laughs> then get the rights to have lunch with me in New York. And we finally <laughs> did it. It was like 9.30 PM at night. I'll never forget it. It ended up being dinner, not night lunch. And I was like, this kid's got it. And we, we started a Vine talent agency. We, we signed Grape Rudy story. Mancusi, Grape Story. I mean, we were really in it. And we, Jerome really deserves 90% of the credit. He, we had this competition. He's like, here are some of the, here are like three or four of the finalists to like pick it. Based, and, and he's like, I really, I think this kid. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And then he flew into New York. We met him. And um, it was just, 
it was just, it was a mixture of tenacity and just energy and he had a lot of humor um, and just like hunger. Mm. It just, for me, the thing that's really easy to see is hunger. I, I really sense it, I admire it. Um, and, and I think it was very obvious that was in him. And so that, that's what I recall from that. Yeah. What, what do you think about the career that he's created now ever since then? I mean, he's basically built an empire. Yeah. I mean, he's been tenacious. Obviously, anybody who's building something, you look at all the pop stars um, and TV stars prior to this, you know, social media, mm. re, you know, era. And it's really hard to not have a misstep. Like every human on earth, all 8 billion, if the public eye was watching every one of their steps, from you know nine, let's you go Michael Jackson eight to like twenty two, people are gonna have missteps, and so I think he has had a couple here and there. But when you look at the body of work, I think it's just been really well done, and mm. he's a good dude, and like and very very tenacious and smart, and um, and building. Yeah, I I love what they're doing in the fight game. I'm a big fight fan, so to me that that stuff's just been awesome. Um, um, I I grew up a huge boxing fan, like enormous, mm. and and you know Vayner Sports is in MMA. Right. We, we have actually a big night tonight. We rep Aljamain Sterling, who's got a monster fight. Oh, tonight. you do! I'm so excited for that one. I said on one. the Ringer show yesterday, I hope Aljo wins. I want him to fuck shit up in the fan base. Like I just want to see oh that happen. God. Let's if, go. If, if Aljo wins, you know. I'm, <laughs> and by the way, obviously Aljo's family, but I'm not confused because I'm able to detach. Right. You know, Jan is such an insane yeah. competitor, and obviously I watched the last fight like everybody else, and I'm incredibly aware of why. UFC Nation is skewing the way it's skewing. However, what is incredible about this sport, uh, as we see time and time again, um, is every fight's different. One mm. moment, one moment. I mean, there are very few sports where in a nanosecond, everything changes. Yep. Um, I also think Aljo came out so hyped the last time that I think he really wasted, in my opinion, he, he knows better, I'm not speaking for him. We, didn't, we did not speak about this because I would never tell Aljo this because I don't want to get knocked out in a second. He's, he's the best, I love him. But, but, you know, he spent so much energy in that first round. I don't know if you remember the fight. Yeah, yeah, the take, going for the takedowns, just, just over swinging. There was just a lot of energy. It wasn't efficient. It wasn't yeah. efficient. And yeah. so it'll be interesting. And then, you, you know, the fight game's so fascinating, the chess of it. Jan knows that. So does that mean Jan becomes more, like, you know, it's yep. going to be a very, very, very interesting fight. But we, we are a very deep in the UFC game at Vayner Sports. We rep Sean O'Malley, Steve nice. Militic, Michelle Waterson, um, Corey Sandahagen. Like, nice. we're, in, we're in it. We're in it. So I follow the sport very heavily. I also grew up a huge boxing fan. So I, I do think what Jake and Logan have done, people always misunderstand innovation. I mean, I remind a lot of my UFC friends that it was only 20 years ago when everyone said this wasn't a sport. Yeah, it was illegal at one point. You, you know, know? So, so innovation always gets misunderstood at first and NFTs, the internet back in the day, all of it, it gets misunderstood at first, um, which I respect, but over time, um, innovation, when it's right, 
always has the last laugh. Netflix was made fun of. The Kardashians were made fun of. (laughs) UFC was made fun of. These are now pillars of our pop culture society. Mm. So I I think people misunderstand when people are innovating and I think the Paul brothers are. A hundred percent. I was once at a party when someone told me that people need to stay in their lane and not try things that they'd be bad at. And this was in reference, I think, to like James Corden acting. And I looked at him and I was like, what the fuck? Like, how are you even thinking that way? Everybody should be able to try what they want. And when I look at what Logan did, like going and fighting Floyd, if I was a massive YouTuber with that much money and I could just, you know, put on events like that. Yeah, I might take Valentina on in a boxing match <laughs> if I've been training for a couple of years. Like, hell fucking yes. That's Val- like, oh, that Valentina scares me more than Floyd. <laughs> By the way, I'm proud of you. Val- Valentina says, maybe I'll take Rose or, or maybe yeah, even yeah. so, maybe an Adam weight from one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll give myself an advantage there. But but no, I, I just the things that they're doing, yeah, I, mean, I love people, people who people, do shit like that. Me too. People impose their, their points of view on the world on others. Mm-hmm. It's okay that you're scared to try different things. And I don't think you should try all sorts of things because your DNA wants you to go that route. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I have no judgment towards you staying safe your whole life. Right? Right. But, but I don't think that anyone, any, listen, the most dangerous thing in the world a human being can do is think that they have validity when talking about someone else's life when they have no idea about somebody else's life. Oh my God, spot let's just, on. Let's just yeah. get to the fucking punchline. Yeah. Right? Like, like what? You don't know me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, even like, even your siblings and parents don't fully know you. Only you all the way know you. And I know that people talk and it's banter and it's, it's gossip talk, it's to talk off over a glass of wine. And it's fun, we, every human being does it. But to have venom behind it, that's when I think I get into like, okay, like, mm. like really the only thing that goes through my mind is empathy and compassion to the one deploying it, not the one receiving it. Yeah, it's the, the what you're talking about is the basis for being able to not take things personally in life. Because, you know, we, we always just assume that we know what's going on. It's like the audacity to be able to know what's happening in somebody else's life is just a little bit crazy. Um, but OK, we have 10 minutes left. So I want to jump into NFTs. Obviously, you want to promote VFriends Series 2. Uh, I want to well, start. I, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. I don't want to promote VFriends Series 2 because my biggest like my biggest problem in my business life right now is the drop of the friend series to the public drop mm. because it's going to sell out in one second. Yes. yes Actually it is. one second. I've got, you know, there's so much intensity right now with gas wars and this and that. Most people are undereducated. The technology super new. It's actually a headache for me. Like, look, I'm very excited about it. I I'd like to talk about it mainly because I want to inspire somebody on the other side of listening to this mm. to maybe, to maybe, tap into their creativity and build their own thing. But ironically, I'm in the anti, like I'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> not talk about, I don't, we don't need any more demand. Not because I don't want to, that's not audacity talking. There's genuine concern. Ethereum is not built for, right. high, for, for high demand in a hundredth of a nanosecond. So I'm definitely, definitely giving that a lot of thought. <laughs> So we want to put a lid on series two. Nobody go out there. <laughs> we, 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 want to, we want to tell people that if you think NFTs are just JPEGs or a scam or a fad, you've become your parents from the late 1990s talking about the internet and that you should allow curiosity to at least allow you to do 15 hours of homework before you decide that. And 
there's nothing been more obvious to me over the last six months than the following. Anyone who's done, anyone who's done 15 hours of homework has, has incredible levels of curiosity and everyone who's done 15 seconds of homework dismissed the technology. The, the problem with NFTs is it's caught in the same place the internet was in 98. Mm. The greed of Wall Street made internet companies be worth so much money when they didn't even have revenue yet. Right. NFT projects are in a bubble. Mm. NFTs are going to be the biggest, the consumer blockchain is going to be the biggest thing since the internet. So that's, and people have a tough time detaching those that 100%. Yeah, I, I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day. I'm like, it's don't think of it as NFTs are either there or they're not there. It's individual projects. The tech is there. You know, it's like saying, you know, this all movies, movies are going to hit or not hit. You know, it's not about that. It's about individual pieces. It's the tech is whole. It's there. It's going to be around forever. Uh, I, I think you mentioned it yourself, actually, the idea of like, we're never going to buy physical tickets or barcode tickets or whatever the hell that is that we're using now. It's going to be so obsolete. So so, you know, it is there. It's about the projects. And yeah, it's definitely a bubble now. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the 15 hours thing because I was in a lift the other day and this was after I'd found out that I was going to interview you. So I was basically telling every single human being that I walked around. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, Gary Vee's coming on my podcast. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and he actually said he did that. He listened to you and he uh, he heard that, you know, to watch so-and-so hours of YouTube videos on NFTs before you then go and buy one. And he did all of that. He went and bought his first NFT. I think this was like a couple weeks ago. So that was pretty cool to hear. I mean, right. that's, yeah, that's your, your advice in action. Thank you for sharing that. It's the best. I, I really, you know, I expect the next 24 to 48 months to be bumpy. I do think there'll be bubble bursts. I think there'll be, you know, steps backwards. It's just early technology. It always happens, mm. right? Um, you know, credit cards were stolen when the internet came along. That was a whole new thing we had to figure out right? People are getting scammed out of their NFTs. That's the thing we have to figure out. But I think that, um, I think that in the long term, this is going to be profound. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, so I was talking to Paolo, who uh, I know is a mutual friend as well. And he was telling me that you're in the DGen chat and that you're fairly active. I, I just want to know, how are you balancing? Like you do so much shit. How are you also active in a DGen chat? And is that just rooted out of the passion for NFTs? 100%, all, I was just texting in some other, I, you know, I get added to all these um, d d uh, Twitter, Discords, yeah. Discord, like not Discords I have to do, but uh, like Twitter, Twitter group chats. Uh, Paolo, I've known for a long time, he added me to this one. I have a bunch of, I have tons of different kind of chats going on. Yeah, it's, I, I like being in the dirt, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't care if I ascend to be the, highest grossing, most impactful entrepreneur in the world, it will never make me think I'm fancy. I don't think I'm shit. I think one of the great fucking incredible mindsets that I wish could be scaled more is not thinking that your professional accomplishments make you better. Mm, that it's who you are as a person that makes you happy. 100%. And then, yeah. and then like for me, like I'm aware that I'm a good businessman and mm. like I, I'm aware that I'm, I have gift of gab and I'm a good content creator and so what? Yeah. Right? Like, like cool. Like I, I'm, I'm proud, but I never get high on my own supply that would get me to a place where I wouldn't be part of random chats where everyone's like, I can't believe he's in there. Of course, I'm a human being.
Yeah. Who, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm flattered out my ass when they say it. <laughs> you know, like I'm almost equally as happy about it as people are on the other side. I'm like, I can't believe they think it's cool that I'm like, like I get yeah. it, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I, I get yeah. it, I get it. I can't believe I'm yeah. like, I don't know if you even see these goosebumps. Like I, I really, really get it. Like I'm like, oh my God, they think it's cool the way I would have thought if Randy the Macho, like, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm incredibly humbled. Please don't have any confusion on that, but I'm not capable of changing how I've done everything my whole life. It, I don't think money or, or fame or awareness or popularity or audience or big communities, I don't think they really change people. I really don't. I really mm. think all they do is just expose people for who they are even quicker and at bigger scale. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful for how my parents raised me and my life circumstances that have put me in this spot. Yeah, I th I think that's awesome. It's it's so. I mean, I grew up in LA, so I'm surrounded by a lot of that kind of mentality. Where you know it is. I mean, there's people who you know they. <laughs> I don't think they. After you coming on my show, maybe they'll talk to me. Do you know what I mean? Like there is that vibe here, and it's really annoying. Wow. But it's 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 strange to me because it just doesn't make any sense. Because no matter who you're hanging out with, I always think it's like about are they making you a better person? Are you having fun? Are you laughing? Are you enjoying their company? Do they make good food? You know what I mean? Like these are the things that are important and. And we're so, we're just surrounded by all this crap and the, the sort of shallow I think, I think ideals. It, I, think, I think it's, everything is best when it's in balance. It's not inappropriate to want to meet somebody because you think they can advance your professional career or sure. because you think that they are cool and it's cool. That's not, that's not completely inappropriate. It's, it gets murky when it's the only thing you're about. Yes. Yes. Right. Spot right. On. Right. Exactly. Right. 100%. Like, 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 like I would never like we're talking and I'm listening and I'm like, look, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who has an opportunity to meet Warren Buffett and thinks it's cool. and They want to, because they think it's going to do something right. Like, right. or James Corden, like you mentioned, or, or Michelle Obama, or, or like, that's like, that's incredibly appropriate, but to be a hundred percent judgmental of people because of, are they verified? How many followers do they have? How much money do they have? You know, 24, seven, 365, that like, that's your framework. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That does suck. I feel like it's such a hindrance to happiness. Absolutely. So uh, I guess to ask one final question, what do you feel like the metaverse is specifically like Decentraland and things like that? How do you feel like that's going to impact how we interact online and, and perhaps some of what we're talking about now as well? You know, that's a tough question because I don't think those metaverses as we all know them are as far along as maybe a lot of us are curious or wish they were. Mm. You know, I'll have a much better answer for you. The first months that millions and millions and millions of people doing it, then I can, t I'm very good at being a taste tester, not a fortune teller. Mm. Mm. Got it? Like yeah. I'm really good. Like I would have been perfect on the boats that first came to America, I would have been the person that jumped off and, and like the king or queen would have been like, eat that. I'm like, okay, I would like eat this berry and be like, hope I don't die this time. You know, like, you know, I would have, I'm very good at that. I'm not, but, but I wouldn't be good when we were still in Portugal and Spain wondering what the berries were gonna be. Like, if you were like, what do you think the berries are gonna be like? I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not sure. But once we got to America, I'm like, look at this cranberry. Like, like do you see the analogy I'm trying to make? Yeah. We're, we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. We're not there yet. So I don't know, but I think what's gonna happen is much like when we became micro metaverse, AKA the phone, it started to change our language. 
it started to change parts of our society. Mm. And I think, I think the metaverse, when at scale, will have a profound impact on the human race. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Like, I, I don't know why people don't realize technology will always change. Like, there were people that were scared of the car instead of the horse. There were people that were mad about the television versus the radio. There are people that were mad about the iPhone versus the Blackberry. There were people that were mad about TikTok versus Instagram. Like this People is are really mad. <laughs> people stay mad around technology because yeah. most people are fear-based and new things are scary. Mm, mm, they really are. Anytime there's a new thing, like you, even the Kardashians, like you were saying, you know, it's always, there's always going to be a pushback at the beginning. And that's usually when I know, mm, I should probably look into that. Similar. Well, any, yeah. Anyways, Gary, thank you so much for coming on. I will have you back on to be able to answer this final question when the metaverse does have a couple million followers, hopefully in studio, because by then I can guarantee you that the Shawnee show will be one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.